0: Spend my dollar. It's not about what you want. It's about what you're willing to do to get it. <laughs> Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time, for the listeners that didn't get to go, this is the payback. Alabama wins! <laughs> what you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. All right. Hello and welcome to a What's Good for the Goose is Good for the Gander edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Long exploited is the realization that this is a flawed team, a team capable of great heights as well as great lows, a team that just needs to keep improving, but also a team that struggles with some of the lessons. We all agree with the diagnosis. It's the prognosis that gives us pause. Is this team one or two struggle wins away from turning the corner, or does this team need to stew in its own missed opportunities during the offseason? Well, we're all about to find out. In the meantime, offense, go. So, we started offense by talking about Bryce Young, right? I mean, we absolutely have to. He registered a historical night, uh, breaking Scott Hunter's record, 52 uh, year old record uh, for yardage uh, thrown in a game. Interestingly enough, uh, Scott Hunter was the honorary captain. So, he was uh, for the game. So, he was on site, on, on premises to see his, his record broken. Interestingly enough, Scott Hunter. His record-setting performance came in a loss uh, to Auburn. And Bryce Young's uh, record-setting night, fortunately, it came in a win. Uh, but it was a, it was a game where the score was closer for longer. And so that kept uh, the need for Alabama to keep the gas on the pedal. And, and that, that formula is uh, what yields a 31-for-40 pass a night, 559 yards. Outstanding and uh, five touchdowns. So we've talked, you know, this is Bryce first Bryce's first year as a starter, so we've talked about the number of best career performances he's had uh, as well as, you know, worst performances of his career. Uh, when you've played 10 games or 11 games, you're going to, you know, you're going to repeat those. Uh, but nonetheless, this statistically would have to be his uh, his best performance. There were a lot of things that Bryce did very, very well. Uh, did you hear me say 559 yards uh, passing and five touchdowns? Uh, there were a couple of things that he can work on. But uh, on this night, Bryce Young demonstrated himself as a championship caliber quarterback. And he continues to make an assault on the Alabama and the SEC rankings in terms of uh, quarterback performances. There was a nice article that sort of ran through some stat packages, the top 10 quarterbacks in the SEC for completion percentage, uh, all the quarterback stats. And it was impressive to see Bryce on the list. Uh, naturally, he was on there with Mack and Tua, but some of the other sort of column legendary quarterbacks in the SEC, he was on that list too. And that was, uh, that was fun to look at. Uh, and it sort of takes you back, uh, some of the names that uh, some of the names that were on the list. Nonetheless, it speaks very highly of the company that Bryce Young is keeping with his performance uh, on the field. I would say, uh, and we talk about Bryce being a reluctant runner, uh, and and most of the times that's a good thing. He doesn't just uh, cut and run like a Jalen Hurts. Not that we're mad at Jalen, but just as a point of uh, on a, on a continuum. He's the other end. Uh, sometimes he holds the ball uh, a, a little too much or a little too long, and we definitely saw that. With uh, he had a touchdown called back uh, when he did run. It wasn't his fault. It was a questionable hold situation. Rice moved the chains uh, chains a couple of times, but he was also he had a sack, and so he had a, a, a multiple sacks. But he was sacked once for uh, sixteen yards, and uh, subsequently it was a third down play. We're trying to move the chains. Uh, subsequently, on the uh, uh, on the fourth down, uh, Alabama missed a field goal. It was a forty-seven yarder. Even if we had just gone down, uh, even if we had just kicked the ball on third down, it would have been a thirty-one yarder, and likely we we make that. And those are three points we get into the game where it's sort of a, a little bit of back and back and forth. We would have liked to have certainly had those points. And so there's a little bit, you know, writ large when you step back, it's a little bit of bad bumped up against an incredible lot of good. And so we continue to, uh, to just be uh, incredibly impressed with Bryce uh, Bryce's performance. A couple individual plays I want to talk to. Uh, and in particular, they sort of fall under uh, Bryce's domain. These are passing plays. Uh, the seventy nine 79 yard touchdown uh, to Jamison just a phenomenal play uh coincidentally it was also a play that uh but that coach Saban broke down and of course he goes into so much detail uh so much more detail if you have a chance to to spot that you got you got to look at those those are sort of for me must watches uh every week but uh Saban talked about uh you know Jamison what they are trying to counteract the uh the defense or the shell defense if you will and how do you catch uh, the team, how do you catch the defense? Sort of maybe going in one direction, while you split, uh, split some coverage. And so there was, it was a two-high safety. One of the safeties in the corner over Jamo. Uh, he sort of ran an angle route, a post, and Bryce. Uh, we haven't seen Bryce do this a whole lot, where he 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 un he unloads a deep pass, uh, really before the receiver has has broken open, and Jam- Jamison still splitting the two defenders. Uh, when the uh, when the ball is put in the air and he reaches out and catches the ball just as he stepped, you know, one and a half steps, you know, clear. Uh, so the ball certainly was was thrown earlier uh, earlier, and so we've seen a reluctance in Bryce to to really let her rip like that. And so the fact that he threw that ball up and and literally in double coverage let uh mo run under it. And then he caught it and he was able to get the separation and, and clear for the touchdown. That was a phenomenal play to watch, to go back and look at it from different angles. Uh, if you haven't seen that play or if you have it, go back and watch that again. That's just – there's just a, an artistry there. There's a thing of, of beauty there. And there are other teams that, that would look at that and say, how do you beat Alabama? If they can do that, just throw the ball under and uh, throw the ball up and let this track star – run through, split a double coverage, and and, and just catch that 79-yard touchdown. How do you beat him? How do you beat him? Because no one took a misstep. Uh, it wasn't sort of a trick where you get him going one way and, and you throw back the other. He just split the coverage. Uh, the coverage was in good position. Uh, just the ball was perfectly located. And if your opponent in Georgia, too, I would put Georgia in this boat, they should look at that and say, we can't defend that. Now, that means we got to get to the quarterback or maybe when we see this one up, we just got to pass in a fear, uh, whatever it is. Uh, but you look at that and you say, if they dial that up and it connects, we can't stop it. And so that was just a phenomenal play uh, to get to see. And it was good on uh, Bryce as well as Jamison. There was another uh, sort of scramble play where Bryce was able to find uh, Christian Leary for, uh, for a touchdown. Uh, interesting that you know Leary had come in at a, at a at a running back position. He had motioned out to the offenses, uh, the offenses left, and then he came back in in motion, and then almost sort of went not a real not a wheel route, but uh, almost just you know go stand at the uh, just beyond the line of scrimmage and just stand there and maybe get sort of lost in the transition, which is exactly exactly what happened. Uh, he was at the sideline, maybe five yards across the line of scrimmage, if if that many. And and just wasn't covered. And so Bryce is looking down the field, trying to – he wants to throw it into the end zone. Uh, I think I think Alabama's at the, at the 11 or 12 at that point. And he turns and spots Christian Leary just standing there wide open. Uh, we talked about Leary moved to the running back position, but being a receiver, so we know he has dependable hands. And so uh, Bryce let her, let her rip. He was running towards the, the line of scrimmage, stopped was able to get the ball off without crossing the, the line of scrimmage. It was an easy pitch-and-catch touchdown after all of the scramble and the motion and Leary, get, Leary sort of getting lost, uh, if you will, in terms of uh, of coverage. So it was a, that was another just phenomenal play, and it really demonstrates Bryce Young's vision. Leary must have been his third or fourth option, maybe fifth option on that play, and including running. Uh, definitely he could have run well before uh, he threw that pass. Whether or not he would have scored had he run, it's an interesting question, uh, but let's keep Bryce upright. And so I like the fact that uh, he was able to find the open receiver for the touchdown there. Receivers, we wanted, We definitely want to call out some individual receivers. We talked about Jamison. He had eight carries for a buck ninety. Just incredible. He did have a couple of drops, so he could have gone over the 200 uh, mark. Jamo had uh, three touchdowns. Uh, again, just an all-around outstanding day. Uh, Mechie had 10 catches for a buck seventy three, so it was a really good sort of breakout uh, performance. I think uh, three out of four, I think three of the four last games, Mechie's uh, broken the century mark, and uh, here he goes for a buck seventy three. He also has a touchdown, which was really nice, and I want to call out uh, – he's going to be called out a lot negatively, and uh, I don't want to lean too heavily in that, but uh, I want to call out Cameron Latou. He had three catches for 58 yards. Folks, that's phenomenal production from the tight end position. And Cameron is a dynamic weapon from the, the tight end possession, uh, position. He did have a catch and a run and almost a scrum, three or four guys trying to tackle him. He's trying to give the extra f- effort to, to try to get into the end zone. Uh, and he just has the ball uh, taken away from him. It's a fumble. You don't want that to happen. You got to, you know, double wrap up the ball, both ha- both hands. And look, I know you're a big guy, and so you – I'm going to try to run through these DBs because, damn it. And uh, sometimes you just got to know when to give up the ghost and and just and just crumble to the knee, maintaining possession. That's always more important. Let's line up uh, with possession, you know, live to, live to you know play another play uh, as opposed to giving it away. Uh, it's That's an instinctual thing that you just got to know. And, of course, you think you're going to hold on to the ball. And, again, you're a big old dude, you know, 6'4", 250, uh, these little DBs kind of running up on you. Uh, yeah, I want to knock them on their rear end too, right? So, uh, so I get that. But you know, Cameron's going to learn from that. But still, I like the fact that he was involved in the passing game. He had three receptions, 58 yards, and that's a, that's a level of it's uh, level of capability. It's a weapon that Alabama has that can help us. Uh, they can help the team sort of down the stretch as far as long as that stretch is right. It's at least three games, right? There's at least three games left. Uh, And then, you know, obviously we're hoping for a fourth. All right. Because there's at least a ball game. Even if Alabama doesn't make the playoffs, there is at least a ball game. If we make the playoffs, then, you know, there's two rounds. We all know the math. All right, let's talk about the running back position. You know, you can't talk about the running back position without Brian Robinson this whole season, Uh, certainly with the injuries that have accrued at the position. 27 carries for a buck 22. It's only a four and a half yard average, but hey, four and a half is moving the chains. You're staying on schedule uh, if you're averaging averaging four and a half. So that's nice. He had a long of 15 that's not incredible. That's not outstanding. Last week he had a six to three yarder, so we know that he can be explosive. I think that this this is representative of the Arkansas linebackers. They're just phenomenal. They close on the run uh, very well. And so Brian Robinson had a very workman like day, but again twenty seven carries, a buck twenty two, four and a half average. That's going to keep the chains moving and uh, a nice long of fifteen. He also had in terms of just corporate incorporating him into the offense in other ways. He had three catches for 18 yards. Uh, that was certainly nice to see. Trey Sanders saw a little bit of action, not a whole lot. He had one carry for three yards. Uh, I think we I think we sort of ran him up the middle. Not a big fan of running Trey Sanders up the middle, especially with his injury, but I don't think that's his skill set. A couple of times I was calling for the tall sweep. This run, the tall sweep. I know that's that's more of an antiquated play. That's a, like a stalling era, stalling's era staple. But I think situationally, uh, getting to the edge, you want to get to the edge and you think my athlete could beat yours, uh, I like the toss sweep in that regard. And Trey Sanders on the toss sweep I think might be something special to watch. Uh, Trey also had one catch. Uh, he had an, a, a nice uh, adjustment to get open on a 36-yarder, uh, so that was nice to see him incorporated different ways into the offense too. I want to see more and more of that. I think Trey Sanders has the chance to be a special a special player at the running back position. I know he's still recovering slowly, uh, progressing from his injury, but uh, I want to see uh, more and more Trey. Not mad at Brian. I love Brian, uh, but want to see some Trey as well. Christian Leary, uh, we've mentioned his play. He was in for a hand, small handful of snaps But uh, he had no carries, but he did have that one catch for an 11-yard touchdown. So, again, that was nice. The offensive line, uh, we have to talk about the offensive line. I think the big message that I want to send relative to the offensive line is that the the line played with much less dysfunction. And so I'm not going to swing all the way back and say they were spectacular because that's not true. But they weren't a dysfunctional bunch either. And so if you if you can go from a dysfunctional bunch to even, I'll take that, right? That's significant improvement. Now, if we can get a little better than even, then that's what we want too. But the fact that there was so much less dysfunction, there were a couple holding calls that may have been ticky-tack. Uh, I know Damian George did get beat first sack uh, once. I hated to see that because he's the guy that that uh, we're, we're glad to see uh, at that position. But relative to what we've gotten – I think this was a uh, was a fine performance uh, by the offensive line. We're not we're grading the offensive line based on what we've seen them do this season, not last year's offensive line. That's not fair to anybody. We saw uh, mention Damian George starting at right tackle, so that was nice to see. A question was answered uh, when Darian Dowcourt uh, injured center comes back. What happens to Chris Owens? Does he move back to the right tackle? Does he stay at center, or does Dow Court? That's one of the questions. And with uh, Javon Cohen having been injured last week, is there an opportunity that that uh, Owens would move over to to left guard? And uh, Saban sort of alluded this week uh, in a press conference. He said, "Well, we feel like we have six starters now." And so I thought, okay, he's he's uh, he's really extending an olive branch to. Uh, Owens there and what we likely have and that came at the tail end of a question on how well uh, Damian George is is playing and of course Damian George I think has been playing very very well and that almost felt like an olive branch uh, extending to uh, Chris Owens and so uh, again not mad at the kid but uh, I think I like this offensive line better than w- than than what we've had. It pains me that it took in injury 11 weeks into the season to get it. But nonetheless, you know, here we have it. Damian George at the right tackle with uh, Emil Ekior at the right guard. Dar- uh, Darian Dalcourt at the center. Uh, Javon Cohen at the left guard. And, of course, Evan Neal at the, at the left tackle position. Uh, it's the first time we've seen this unit play together. We've seen the mixes and matches of, of all of these guys but it's the first time we've seen these five guys play together uh, as a unit. So, and at least start, we could go back and sort of break down film. What have have we seen? But I think this is the first time we've seen this five together uh, as a unit uh, and it not be something like an A day or, you know, a backup situation some year, even, you know, last year or the year before. Uh, So in meaningful uh, starting game on the line situation, the first time we've seen this unit. Again, I hate that it's week 11 that we see some of these changes, especially since we've been calling for some of these changes since some of these updates since, you know, maybe week two. And so, you know, here we are. We should see, now we have a short runway for this. uh, We should see some improvement with this line playing more together. And so, you know, we'll see how this next week goes. Hopefully we start to see some gel Across this unit versus the the prior unit, a question I might ask, and I don't want to ask it, but is it too little, too late? Uh, We'll uh, we'll just have to we'll just have to see in that regard. But we are seeing some of the changes across the offensive line that we've been calling for. It seems like all season, so it's not uh, what's the expression? Something about a gift horse in a mouth or something. But uh, at any rate, mini game ball on offense. Uh, Jakori Brooks, one of the youngsters one of the young receivers that we're starting to to really see emerge into a role, Christian Leary, uh, certainly being one of the others. We're calling out Ja'Cory Brooks for uh, a block that he had, and and it's really blocks plural. He tagged a couple of fellas when uh, on one of Mechie's uh, little screenplays, and so Mechie went for 25-26, but he got the corner on a block, or again, blocks for with uh, Ja'Cory. He tied up uh, – Tied up a couple of guys uh, and looked like he really popped one of them. It reminded me, go, looking at that film, going back and, and looking at that play, it reminded me of just a couple of years ago when uh, Devonta and Judy and Ruggs, they would compete for blocking opportunities uh, as much as they would for catches. And that was always fun to see sort of that spirit across the, the wide receivers. And so it's good to see, it was good to see Jucori, uh demonstrate that. That is the type of play, that's the kind of play that uh, will get him uh, more and uh, greater opportunities at the wide receiver position. Let's flip the field and uh, let's talk defense. And this defense, for my money, it's really operating in a little bit of a split personality. This is a defense that Saturday allowed uh, seven of, of 16 third down conversions Three of three fourth down conversions uh, allowed 468 yards and uh, 35 points. Now, if we want to get real technical, we could say that, hey, one of the fourth down conversions and some of those yards and one of those touchdowns uh, were really on the special teams and not on the defense. And I would agree with you. That's right. But just looking at the the stats and the scoreboard sort of writ large, you know, we're splitting hairs if uh, we're going to be pleased with the defense you know, giving up 28 versus 35, uh, and then would you know still well over 400 yards. So, and and not getting off the field on on third and fourth down. So, I think uh, I, I think the message holds, right? KJ Jefferson, I think, had his best day uh, at quarterback. Uh, he's a very talented guy. He's progressing, and he almost and we could almost see him have sort of a spike day uh, in terms of if you if you're tracking or are plotting his performance. Uh, he threw for 326 yards, uh, three touchdowns. Uh, again, he's an incredibly uh, talented quarterback. I think he's a sophomore for the Hogs, and so we're going to get to deal with him for a couple more seasons. And um, he showed that uh, he's not intimidated by the Alabama uniform or the uh, Tuscaloosa bryant Diddy Stadium environment. Uh, Traylon Burks, they're um, incredibly talented wide receiver he's just an all-conference wide receiver and if you're and if you're looking at the film or you know looking at especially live and you're saying well which where's where's trail on we well, just look at the wide receivers and just and just look at the one that's an animal I mean he's taller than the rest of them he's bigger than the rest of them uh, it looks like maybe he could be a defensive end and uh, and he's out there playing wide receiver just incredibly talented nonetheless uh, we gave up 179 yards to him and a pair of touchdowns. So when we think about split personality for the defense, there's a lot of stuff we're giving away. But this is also a defense that had Saturday as well, uh, had a turnover, averaged uh, uh, a loud rushing average of 2.6 yards. That's on 46 attempts. And so that's a lot of uh, possessions. That's a lot of plays that sort of grind to uh, a low gain, a low or no gain. Uh, 42 attempts, uh, averaging 2.6. You'd expect at some point they're going to they're gonna uh, bust a fill. Uh, that the defense is gonna bust a fill, and uh, the running the running back is gonna be able to find a lane. And it didn't happen. Uh, it didn't happen all day. Alabama defense uh, had three sacks and ten tackles for loss. And in key moments, you have to look for them, all right. But in key moments in the game, the defense really stepped up and rose to an occasion. And uh, in the third quarter, there were two uh, two such instances. Uh, where the defense forced punts. After the missed field goal, and uh, after Alabama's missed field goal, it was a 10-point game. Arkansas had the ball, and we had been trading scores pretty successfully, both sides, and uh, a 10-point margin. They have a chance uh, with possession to really eat into that lead. If they if they come get a field goal, make it a one-score game, if they come get a touchdown, it's a, it's a different complexion. But the defense holds, uh, forces a punt, And then after the Latou uh, fumble, at which uh, now they had the full field ahead of them to drive, but Arkansas was moving the ball. And at that point, it was a six-point game. So uh, late in the third quarter, Arkansas has possession with the opportunity to take a lead. And in both instances, uh, the defense uh, forces a punt. And so that's rising to the occasion. Now, we would like to see them play lights out like that all day long. But we at least get to see them rise up in a, in, in a moment where there's, a, there's an increased urgency. So if you can't have it all day, then let's pick our spots, and we would have, we would have chosen uh, those two spots. So we'll, we'll take it. Again, a little bit of a split personality on defense. we got to get this stuff ironed out. I want to give 100% hats off to Arkansas. They were an outmanned team. They were an outmatched uh, opponent, but uh, they come in uh, ready to play hard uh, under Sam Pittman. I give them an immense amount of respect. their linebackers are incredibly talented uh, and they have talent on the other side of the ball uh, as well. But I'm focused on Alabama, right? What do we if we take care of our stuff then it it matters much less what the opponent does. But at the same time, half to off to, to Arkansas. but it's, it's it's frustratingly so where when we talk about the Alabama defense, the song really remains the same there's more separation in the Alabama secondary than there is in a random Tuesday in divorce court. It's in, I don't know how we fix this. Uh, we plastered Tennessee, but, you know, gave up three busts and they scored on every one of those, not too dissimilar with Arkansas, although not quite as stark as, as Tennessee where, you know, Alabama plays a nickel most of the night, a little bit of dime, and uh, but a lot of man to man, and just a couple of times they they get beat for big plays. Uh, there was a push off on on Burks's longest longest touchdown. Uh, it was on Job uh, Josh Job. A little bit of push off, which uh, freed the receiver. Um, but nonetheless, they're beating they're beating us. Not just on that play, but other plays. Uh, they're beating us. Uh, they're getting the separation they need uh, for uh, to, to continue to move the ball to move the chains. And uh, you know, obviously, put up a lot of points as well. Uh, on Josh Job, he he has been suffering um, lingering effects from a turf toe, and so after that play, uh, he he was replaced in the game. Is it a is is it because he got beat? Is it because of his toe, or is it just a convergence of circumstance there? And it's a little bit of one, a little bit of the other. Uh, I think that's probably the answer. Uh, but Kool-Aid McKinstry came in. And uh, fielded the position the the rest of the way. Uh, I think Jess Nichols, I love reading his uh, tidefans.com, his write ups. I think that he said it best in what I saw uh, today. He said McKinstry went in and you didn't hear his name called. And in the scheme of things, that's probably a good thing. But um, so I I tend to agree with that. So he came in and played well. And again, that's another change. We've talked about some of these youngsters getting them into uh, the secondary. It's week 11. So it's frustrating that it's taken this long for some of this to happen. But McKinstry getting more and more of a role in the secondary, you know, George at the tackle position, getting more and more of of an opportunity. And some of these young receivers, some of them pressed into action uh, like Leary, but even even a Ja'Cory Brooks getting more and more uh, of of an opportunity. We're happy and pleased to see that. We hate that it took 11 weeks in for some of this to sort of manifest. Uh, and I know that Sabins sort of frustration too, right? Because he knows these guys have it. Uh, just you got to get ready faster uh, to come in and play because when the ball kicks, it's real. Uh, I want to talk about individual, couple of individual uh, performances uh, a little bit down on the secondary, but uh, there's still some, uh, some quality individual performances. Uh, I want to say front, you know, seven. Uh, I guess if we're playing a lot of, if we're playing a lot of nickel and dime, then, then uh, it, you know, it's more, it's more the front six. But uh, Henry Toa Toa had thirteen tackles. That's a big number for him. Uh, two sacks, three TFLs. So he was really, really active. My game plan for him would have been to to, to spy the quarterback, and I think he did a little bit of that, not exclusively that, but uh, he had a big day, really filling up his stat line. Demarco Hellams had eleven tackles. So it's a secondary. Uh, individual certainly with some run fill obligation. Uh, Helms plays, we've talked about him. He plays better close to the box, um, sort of box in as opposed to box out. Uh, I think Helms uh, plays better in that regard. But he had a nice 11 tackles. Uh, Again, he puts up big numbers every week. If you go back and, you know, almost forget what you see on the field and you just look at his numbers, you're going to say he's one of the stars of the team. Uh, If you go back and look at the stats for this season, you know, Back in the spring, you know, when spring comes, look at the stats back for this season. And you might be surprised that the numbers that Hellem put in. And then you might ask yourself, I don't remember him ever being like incredibly awesome. In fact, I'm i more remember him for his frustrating plays. That's going to be true, too. But dude is productive. Helm's is uh, a productive player. Uh, Will Anderson. Uh, you know, the the Will Anderson dispatch, right? And, and he rises to the occasion again. He, too, had 11 uh, tackles. He had a sack, and there's a part of me, I'm fighting the urge to say he only had one sack because uh, he's been putting them up in bunches, uh, but he did have a sack. Uh, he had three and a half uh, tackles for loss, and he had two quarterback hurries, so he was just on the cusp of even uh, even more sacks. But Will Anderson just having a beast of a day, and uh, absolutely we'd love to see that, and uh, uh, he's certainly a fan favorite. Uh, Tim Smith started for DJ Dale at the nose position. And as soon as we saw that uh, at the game, wait a second, I don't remember seeing anything. I don't remember hearing anything about it. How does this – what would happened here? And it turns out uh, DJ looked like maybe tweaked his knee in pregame warm-ups. And uh, co- uh, Coach Saban said that DJ's D- Dale has had a couple surgeries on his knee. And so something tweaked and, you know, maybe scared him a little bit, maybe made him a little nervous. They went and did an MRI, and there, there was no damage it was visible, but uh, they held him out on a on a precautionary. And I think that's the right answer. Uh, Tim Smith got the start, and his stat line wouldn't wouldn't you wouldn't think it, but he w- he certainly made a contribution there at the nose. And for that reason, defensive mini game ball goes to to Tim Smith. I would just w- sort of one more thought uh, on defense. We talked about sort of the split personality. This defense, the Alabama defense, is really at an inflection point, and the season really hangs in the balance. Is this defense going to be the defense that Alabama fans saw uh, against Ole Miss, really stifling that high-powered offensive uh, attack? Is this going to be the defense that really just shut down Mississippi State? Again, another uh, team having having a good season and prolific at putting up points. Is this going to be the defense against LSU where the offense didn't show up but the defense really rose to the occasion and where LSU had an opportunity late in the fourth quarter to take the lead or tie the game or even potentially take the lead, the defense rose to the occasion, really stepped up and said we're not having any of this. Is that the defense that, that we're going to see down sort of whatever the remaining stretch? Or is this going to be a defense that plays – more like they did against Florida, giving up a bunch of points. Against Texas A&M, giving up a bunch of points, uh, essentially uh, costing costing the game. Uh, and again, against Arkansas, giving up all of the yards and all of the points. This defense needs to choose. Who are we going to be? Are we going to be a defense that sort of shuts things down so the offense doesn't have to bail our water? Or are we going to be just enough to be an obstacle for an opponent but, uh, you know, not enough to be a difference maker in terms of, of winning the game. We know what we want the defense to do. I think it's up to, up to some of the individual players, you know, to make that decision. Uh, let's talk special teams. Uh, there's not a whole lot of good that I want to say about special teams. We allowed uh, – Alabama allowed a fake putt for a touchdown. Ugh, it's the same play sort of run up the middle, uh, a jump pass that LSU did. Uh, we had even schemed for it, and I think the more coach talked about it, the uh, talked about how we were prepared for it. Uh, I think the more sort of heartburn I got over the fact that uh, we allowed it to happen. So we had schemed for it, and we were in a punt safe, and uh, the story about you know Helms being uh, screened by the official. Uh, that's all well and good, but I kind of call bull uh, bull on that. If the official had not, uh, and look, Helms ran all up on the official because it was in an, it was a pick. They use the official. They know where the official stands. It's part of the play design. You got to be. That's part of the game. The official's part of the field. This is how this stuff works. But let's pretend for a moment that the official wasn't there. Helms wouldn't have prevented the play. The pass still would have been caught. Uh, Helms would not have prevented the first down. Now the guy wouldn't have gotten free and run for the touchdown, but Hey, on a fake punt, you're trying to prevent the conversion. What they add on to that. If they get sprinkles on their ice cream, you know, that's a whole nother thing, but we're trying to knock the ice cream out of their hand. Right. And so uh, I call BS on uh, the official really having uh, a significant impact on that play. I don't buy that. We had it schemed up perfectly, and that, and that the official was the key to us not executing that play. I'm just not buying it because again, had the official not been there, uh, the conversion still would have taken place. They still would have moved the ball. They still would have been uh, in good position to continue the drive and, and, and potentially score. The official didn't. The official didn't stop that from happening. Uh, running into the official stopped the additional yards for the touchdown. And look, I'd rather not that have not happened as well. But uh, I would rather them not uh, have converted. Wouldn't that be a nice play to pick that off or bat that down? Probably a better play to bat it down. Uh, you get the ball where they at uh, the original line of scrimmage. But nonetheless, that's how you that's how you stop that. You do want teams to stop running plays like that. Shit, don't don't bitch about the official being in the way. Go pick the thing off. Go knock it down. Go stop the conversion. And uh, so I guess we'll probably get a chance to see that play again. And I'd like to see us. I'd like to see us play it better. Uh, Slade Bolden uh, muffed a punt. Uh, he was able to, to get back on top of it, but uh, I hate seeing that. If there's a freshman that's come to muff a punt, then, like, hey, let's, let's get him reps to learn. But uh, you got a junior out there. I was disappointed to see that. Will Reichert was two of three on field goals. We've talked about his miss. I mean, he should hit. Was that a 47-yarder? He should, 46-yarder, whatever it was, he should hit that. But uh, that's, you know, that is a long one uh, nonetheless. Uh, and he was four for four of PET, so that's good too. Uh, Alabama did have a two point conversion. Uh, Burnup had one point. To, uh, had one. <laughs> I don't know, this is my favorite stat line maybe of the game. Uh, Burnup had one punt for thirty two yards, and um, and I look at that, and I want to say, why is he punting? And then uh, I remember situationally in that game, we were too far. We were too far to kick a field goal, and uh, I thought we might actually go for it, but we elected to punt. And uh, I thought, well, this is perfect. We're at the edge of his range. And so but the hell out of this and, uh, and they'll get it inside the five. And sure enough, now obviously I had to take a little bit off uh, to, to get it to 32 and maybe he's so consistent and, and so accurate. And maybe I'm missing that we talked about last week where he had a, Well, he averaged 38 and he had a 37 and a 39. And so you knew what you're getting. You know what your floor is. And so maybe this was more accuracy than at the edge of his range. Uh, Maybe there's more good there than me being a jerk about it. But nonetheless, I found humor in it. And so 32-yard punt, I think they got the ball at the three or the four, uh, whatever, uh, whatever it was. It was a good result. And uh, so uh, good on burnup uh, for that. I'd like to see that Aussie leg just really get loose for some 40, 46, 48, you know, 50 yard punts, but uh, we haven't seen that yet. So maybe that's still in the Arsenal. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why we'd be holding it back, but uh, maybe it's his, his uh, Wheaties one day and uh, we we'll get to see that cut loose. Uh, there was an onside kick that we defended, and uh, I say defended quite generously. Uh, the ball sailed out of bounds, so there was really no play on the ball uh, for us or them. But Will Anderson, man, just kudos to Will Anderson. He just clobbered uh, Traylon Burks on uh, on that, and and the ball went out of bounds behind him. He's blocking. His his intent is to to, to block, and so uh, at the sideline, Traylon Burks, their big guy, big receiver, big hands. Uh, they want him up there to try to make a play on that ball. Uh, the ball, like I said, ball, ball sailed, so no one had an opportunity. But that happened behind Will Anderson. And so he's he's going up there and saying, you're not getting the ball. Someone else might, but you're not. And he knocked him in the next week on that play. And so that was uh, – I think he exorcised some of the frustrations that we all had at that point in the game because that game should not be coming down to an onside kick uh, where they can have possession of the drive down and and tie and or win. So. Good on Will Anderson for uh, letting us all kind of breathe and uh, officially sort of ending the game uh, at that point. All right, next up. Well, it's that time of year, right? Uh, We have Auburn uh, at their place this year. Um, Auburn's coming off an embarrassing loss to South Carolina. They have a number of players out, uh, including their quarterback, uh, Bo Nix. And so having all of those players out, uh, this is the first game that they've played uh, where they're trying to replace uh, those players, and so what that means is they've gotten all the—they'll flush their pipes of all the bad stuff, uh, and they'll come out next week and and all look like world beaters because that's how they do it, uh, sort of down down on the plains, I guess. Something about Jordan Jordan Hair, just the antics there, uh, but uh, that's something that uh, Tide fans are, you know, <laughs> you know it's coming, and uh, it's certainly something we need the team to be uh, well well aware of and uh, prep for as well. What we want is uh, to get out of, obviously, we want the win. And I do think this, uh, I do think Alabama sort of outlasts Auburn in this game. We want to get in and get out. We want injury free. And so if it's a lower score, or ugly kind of game, just like the Arkansas game, we'll take it just for the sake of getting in and out and, um, like I said, injury free. If this game could go two hours of forty-five minutes and TV's like looking for how to how to fill, uh, then that I'm gonna be a happy person because we just want this game over with. I do think, like I said, I do think the Tide has uh, the ability to uh, to be a little more explosive, and then certainly the ability to sort of outlast uh, the Tigers. So that's uh, that's what I am counting on, uh, absent the Jordan Hair sort of antics we talked about. Uh, 35-13 is something I'd, I would look forward to, uh, and we may not even get some of that separation uh, until later in the game. If it's seven to seven, or, or ten to seven, or thirteen to ten, or something at, at uh, midway through the, the second quarter, maybe even going in the half, I wouldn't be that would not surprise me. Uh, I would hate it, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me. But I could see uh, late in the third, Alabama uh, sort of uh, asserting themselves and uh, and stepping away. So that's sort of a uh, that's sort of a prediction. There we did have um, predictions on the game in our Zoom call, and I guess I have to give the Clud. I don't want to give anyone the the winner of this because you know even the even the score I'm going to give is is not what we saw in the field. But I think the closest sort of representative uh, score is uh, Travis. Uh, he picked thirty-five to twenty. And I even remember when he said that, thinking like, "Oh, wow, there was a response uh, to uh, uh, to his number." So thirty-five to uh, twenty is the is, I guess, about as close as uh, as we got there. I want to give a shout out to Clint. Uh, he was sort of our de facto contest winner later in the season. We did the contest. So many people are sort of outside of a, a concentric circle that they can drive to Tuscaloosa. So we were very limited in and. Um, our uh, opportunity to have a winner, but Clint, uh, we kind of thread the needle, uh, was, uh, coming through Tuscaloosa on his way to Huntsville for, uh, Thanksgiving. And so the timing just worked out. And so we went to the game, had a phenomenal time and, uh, putting together grand plans, uh, to get, uh, some more listeners, uh, in town for a game, uh, next week next year. And so we invite everyone that has an interest there, uh, to reach out, let us know. And, um, and we'll see what, uh, we'll see what we can, uh, get hooked up, uh, should be a lot of fun. uh, if Saturday was, was an indication. So with that, Oh, one more thing. Thank you. Uh, all of you for listening, for downloading, for supporting. Oh, I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. We really, really do. You got to get on some of these zoom calls so you can like have an authentic conversation and like, just like, we're so grateful and thankful uh, for, for all of our listeners. And so, and that's true of all of uh, that's true all the time, but you know, as we're entering this Thanksgiving season, I just want to say from sort of the podcast family, I guess, which is me, uh, <laughs> and Brian, uh, I want to say that we thank you for all that you do and in, in supporting the, the show, listening to the show, reaching out to us, uh, just, uh, you know, we've got a, a group on the zoom and I encourage everyone to at least try that, uh, it's, a, it's not a group of listeners, it's a group of friends, and uh, we, we want to grow that group you know, as large as we can because, holy cow, it's so much fun. At any rate, I hope that uh, everyone for Thanksgiving is, is going to have an opportunity to spend with with family and friends and loved ones, uh, that all the travels are safe, and, um, and then we'll come out of the uh, – we'll sort of cap the weekend uh, as we're all suddenly eating turkey leftovers and stuffing leftovers – and pumpkin pile leftovers, and uh, we're going to sit down and watch Alabama clubber, clobber some Tigers. So that's that's uh, that's the game plan there. But, uh, again, thank you, thank you, thank you, and Roll Tide. This has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just a shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and, of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the Tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.